This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. you when i'm pressing the thing hey everybody welcome to my worst date i'm cassie i'm keegan i'm christina (laughs) and it was even a good yannick didn't get any like it was just the beginning i was like (laughs) satisfying you know when i I go to sneeze like and anthony can tell him about to sneeze he'll be like god bless you and then it like dissolves your sneeze and then you can't sneeze and i'm like that is so rude unsatisfying yeah that's i don't like that not nice i know I do have something I want to talk to you guys about. Okay. My uh, mom, as you know, is entering the mm-hmm. dating scene yeah. um, later in life. And uh, an article I found in The Guardian, why has dating men in my 50s been such a dire experience? Oh, well, geez. Yeah. The person is saying they're they're 54 years old and their experience of men for this time has just been really awful. Yeah, She's back on the dating scene after Uh being married and that sort of thing and she's just really there's a lot of things to navigate that you're just not used to you know i i think i knew about online dating and that sort of thing but i'd never done it right but i was also used to dealing with the internet and phones and digitally but like for people like my mother she's really struggling right now on dating apps and in the different ways that that has morphed our conversations. You know, my mom's pretty straightforward. And when you write something through text, she'll take it at face value instead of having, I think most of us, if we grew up like with the internet, we've developed kind of a thick skin or a healthy level of cynicism or skepticism well, where we a don't certain take amount of, of literacy as well, right? Like Absolutely. because I think because because we have communicated in this way for so long, we don't take everything at face value necessarily. Like we know that communicating through text is different than communicating face to face. So sometimes you'll say things <laughs> that you wouldn't say in real life and it's not meant to come across as rude. It's just like there's a certain amount of text literacy, yeah, right? Like absolutely. that I feel like we we just inherently know now because we've been doing it for so long that like if you haven't been you wouldn't so i think that that's a big part of it you know being on the apps is is hard for anybody let alone people who you know need to call you to help convert to pdf right like so yeah yeah you got that already you're like go to file (laughs) it's funny though because it's like um you saying that I'm like, it's true though. Cause I think really my generation, like growing up, we were like one of the first generations to even have computers in school. Yeah. You yeah. know, pagers and cell phones and things like that. That would mean like we were the beginning of it. So imagine right. being an adult. These people were all adults already when this is coming out. So they're not, they did not grow up with us. They didn't no. get it when they were cognitively still learning things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think also we, have talked about this before. We had somebody write in who was a woman who was in her fifties talking about dating in her fifties and how difficult it was because men in their fifties tend to want to date women 20 years younger than them. Right. And this is just something that we see societally all the time. I was actually just thinking about this because 
there's that really popular men over 40s like smasher pass filter on tiktok right now and oh. uh, which is fun and funny okay but the women's version of of that is women over 30 <gasps> wow like there's not a women over 40 it's women over 30 because for some reason we equate like that 10 year like a, a woman who's 30 is equivalent to a man who's 40 you know yeah so well, it makes maybe dating, maturity <laughs> i mean but it just it Truly. makes dating for women is that much more difficult because right. your pool is is smaller because we've decided for whatever reason that women over a certain age are no longer desirable and so men of that same age group are seeking women who are younger yeah yeah well and then my mom being in her 60s is like you know talking with other men in their 60s and it's just it's it's a completely different world from what she left when she was dating previously i mean Mm -hmm. these are a lot of the guys that she's talking to um if they're real yes there's so many catfishes yeah so Mm -hmm. many catfishes um and on would those be catfish 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 and uh she uh she's having difficulty like navigating a lot of them just want to text they just want like and she's looking for a relationship but a lot of these guys that she's talking to just want you know a texting partner yeah that's weird to me i know and that's the thing i think you're absolutely right like people want pen pals they just are like in pen pal space it's like to be quite honest i love the idea of a pen pal i was just thinking that because i read (laughs) beautiful world where are you by sally rooney and it's these friends and they don't live near each other so they write each other these like long emails that are like letters Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i actually kind of love that idea of like having a friend with whom you correspond via email and write Mm -hmm. long letters to because that sounds fun to me who's got time for that shit i would do it (laughs) i I have time for my friends i I, I love that kind of thing too you know i i do i we're the I'm same. All like, just I'm call me or something. We're very much. I hate I, writing. That's it. I like writing. It is. It's different. So I, I like that stuff. But I'm like, if that's what you want, just get a pen pal. Like, get somebody to just yes. talk to. Don't yeah. be on a dating app because the texting is fine. But the texting is meant to lead somewhere. And if you don't want it to, then put it in your bio that like I'm not actually looking to Here date for I, pen pals. I just want company or whatever. Right. Like I'm just seeking a you know company i think the other thing too is like the older that i get i become less flexible (laughs) in Mm -hmm. what i want to do absolutely um i just become more solid in being like this is who i am i like i like who i am a lot and i think that that will only increase the older i get so i think dating does require some kind of like flexibility or um I think you need to compromise Mm -hmm. sometimes. And and I think that that becomes older some for some people, at least when they they age. What do you guys think? No, I agree. Becomes more difficult to compromise as you get older. Yeah, no, I think so. Especially since as I get older, I get more comfortable with being alone. Like I think some people maybe are the opposite as they get older. But for me, I'm so much more comfortable with being alone. Like I like my own company. I'm unbothered by my own company. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think if it's hard or if it's going to require too much compromising that I don't want to do, then I'd rather just be alone. Right. I'm fine with it, you know? Yeah. 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 I do think that it's probably difficult. I, I mean, I'm just, you know, coming from like an empathic place, right. Of like, what would it be like to have lived with somebody for so long? You no longer are partnered up. 
you've spent most or the majority of your life as a two person, like a a part of a pair. Right. You're now alone. And not only are you alone just in in a partnership way, you're probably alone in very many other ways. Because as a person in a relationship, you've developed couples friends. You don't have a bunch of single friends you're hanging out with. Couples start to become friends with other couples and your kids are out of the Mm -hmm. home. Exactly. You have, you know, I can't imagine a, how lonely that is. B how difficult it might be to, I don't know, maybe, maybe pen pal is something that some people need to start with first. They're like, Mm -hmm. I just need somebody to kind of connect with. I need somebody I can talk to. Who's not, I don't know, doesn't know everything about me already. Doesn't have a narrative built around me and this person together. Um, only knows me as part of a couple doesn't know me, me. I think that there's, gosh, it's just, there's a lot to, um, contemplate a lot to, uh, overcome oh, being, no, being I don't, single at that, at that point I don't in your life. fault anybody wanting companionship oh, or no, wanting to be in that. a couple yeah. like at that age. I, that's not it at all. It's just that I feel like, I feel like, you know, to Christina's point, you get two people who have been in a consistent relationship right. maybe for years and years and years it's worked this one way for all this time. Right. And it can be really hard to be flexible. Like you can become very inflexible. For sure. Like this is what a relationship is supposed to look like. So you get two people, you have to find two people who are willing to compromise and be flexible with each other as they're learning this new thing. And as they're like breaking old habits and like, that's hard. Yeah. Which is why I think, like I said, I think I see people who kind of are looking at it like maybe I'm just need a pen pal for yeah. now as yeah, not yeah. even maybe the baddest I you know worst idea right yeah. but right. just be honest about yeah. it like but, we said yeah. like put it in your bio that like sure. hey man I was in a relationship or I was in a marriage for 30 years and I'm just easing my way back in and I would really like to just like make connections right now and like that's where like, I'm at and these people are like motherfucker you're on our time we yeah. know yeah <laughs> like yeah <laughs> no they're like we want to smash that's what we're here for our time. <laughs> no but she still deals with that kind of stuff yeah. too so that was kind of like oh man like that doesn't go away like people like fucking fully grown you, adults you fuck in men. the world yeah yeah not even fuck not boys fuck anymore boys. yeah they're they're grown fuck men, men. <laughs> just <laughs> freaking it's so i'm like this is so she's getting the same kind of like gross shit that i was getting on yeah. the apps and stuff and that I'm like, is That's a bummer a wow. fucking bummer so <laughs> mm. wow oh, upsetting. Well, old spice i don't know i i would totally go for an old spice though i mean like it's funny because you're right like i think these the older guys want to go for like younger girls and yeah. yeah younger being like yeah. you know 35 exactly yeah. Yeah. honestly <laughs> truly but yeah. i'm like i could i could see myself going for an older dude for sure yeah i mean i i have typically dated older yeah that's that's kind of my um my go-to. <laughs> My problem is I keep getting older and they stay the same age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, my husband's 11 years older than me. So I obviously <laughs> don't have an issue. Yeah, I like... But uh, he acts like he's actually 11 years younger than you. Yeah, so that's, you know, it works out. Sometimes yeah. it works out that <laughs> way. It's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, we actually got a listener suggestion mm, for yes. an FMK that I feel like <laughs> really goes with this theme. So okay. they suggested that we fuck, Mary kill friend. So oh, four, okay. so four of them, um, mustachioed 
gentlemen. So oh, okay. They suggested that we do Steve Harvey. <laughs> which <Wow. laughs> that, coming out the gate really okay. strong. Really strong. <coughs> okay. Trivia daddy Alex Trebek. Okay. Oh, uh, have you seen young yes. pictures uh, of hot. Alex Trebek? Curly haired and yes. hot. I love that he was part of that trend where they were like, mm, think he might be black. Yes, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, his younger pictures, he looks very, very olive skinned, mm-hmm. yeah, very handsome. He's very handsome, very muscled. Oh, um, shit. I'm about to look this motherfucker he up. He looks good. Um, Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, classic original original slash. Original. the classic stash. The classic stash. The classic stash. And one fictional stash. Ron Burgundy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, you've got, you got so many more stashes out there. What about, um, dude face from Magnum. Big Lebowski, Magnum, Sam, P. Sam Watterson. Oh my God. Oh, I, granddaddy. Wait, 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 hold on. I, don't think, I think Sam Watterson is the guy from, yeah. <laughs> from law and order. I think I think oh, wait, yeah. it's not that it is <laughs> Sam, but it's, it's Sam uh, something. Hold on. Hold on. Oh shit. He's got a great stash. He's a great stash. Yeah, what about Magnum too? Tom Selleck? Oh yeah, Tom Selleck is Who was the one? Was Burt Reynolds the one that uh posed yes. for Playgirl? The yeah. bear with the- bear skin rug. <laughs> oh my god, did you watch Minx by the way? Yeah, it yes. was good. Oh, it's so fucking good, it. dude. Sorry, I got distracted. Keegan, by the way, you should absolutely watch Minx. I would love to. Oh, I know. it's so I keep, good. I keep getting distracted by like books and audiobooks and yep. like work and stuff. And then I work, ugh, work. Ugh. Okay. Hold on. Big Lebowski, Sam Elliott. Elliot. Sam, yeah. Elliott. Sam Elliott. Okay, Sam Watterson is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I would love to throw <laughs> him in he, there. He has a mustache. Does not have a I mustache. Think that, I think that, I mean, I don't know this person. Are they flexible that we, if we remove no, Ron Burgundy? No. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do the okay. one that he suggested. All right, all right, all right. That's fine. Um, all right. This is this is, I I'm marrying Alex Trebek right off the gate. I mean, I'm yeah. so sorry. He's like yeah. so smart, very smooth. Just like I I will always have uh, a place in my heart for Alex Me Trebek. Me too. Oh my gosh, I love Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. This I love him, and I love Jeopardy. him. Oh my god, I love him. I also love. He would be great to marry because he's also the type of guy I can just tell who's gonna like sit and have cocktails with you and like talk shit about everybody in the bar mm-hmm. because Alex Trebek his, would get so, so shady. spicy. He would get so spicy, so with shady with some contestants on there where he just I, like drops yeah. casual like burns on yeah. contestants, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that would be. Mwah, so much fun to just like talk shit and roast people with Alex Trebek at yep. the bar during happy hour to get just a couple drinks and get him. a drink. Yeah. And you know oh. that he likes to have a couple drinks. Yeah. Like, and he's probably fun. Yeah. Uh, he's got a record collection that you can fuck with. He like, knows everything. Yeah. Cause he's heard everything. The problem is, is he's, I see him as probably being a little mansplainy. That is my biggest pet peeve. Oh, like that really? actually I don't get, well, I, 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 I don't get mansplainer from him. However, I think he could do it inadvertently because he knows so much. Mm. And I feel like once you know a lot, it's hard not to be like, actually, um, I actually, know the answer to that. You're like, <laughs> of course you do. Yeah. But yeah, I'm still going to marry him out of all. And I, I gotta say, I'm really struggling, uh, between wanting to, uh, to fuck either Steve Harvey or Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Can I go back in time and fuck 
young Burt Reynolds? Of course. That's, yes. I think, Prime. Yeah, we're, we're talking going, about Prime. Yeah. I mean, Alex Trebek isn't alive anymore, so I think we're talking... Oh, <laughs> like, not right now? Oh, okay. obviously. Yes. And Ron Burgundy doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Also. Yeah. Uh, yes, so. I think... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we can suspend disbelief across okay. the board here. I know what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to fuck... Burt Reynolds, yes. young yeah. Burt Reynolds, mm-hmm. absolutely. That okay. bearskin rug. Yes. He he looks like a bearskin. Like he's so hairy, though. I'm he just like he's so that man. You just know it too. He's a sweater. Oh, and it gives he like droplets so... on the chest yes. hair. You know, like, I, ooh, I I listened to the book. Shoot, what's her name? The they like me. They really like me. Sally Field. Thank you, Sally Field. Mm-hmm. She dated him. Wasn't. He doesn't sound like the greatest guy. Well, of course mm. he's not. He was Burt Reynolds in the seventies. So yeah. you know that he did some <laughs> shit. Like yeah. you know he did. Like yeah. he had that mustache in the seventies, and he was wearing yeah. those like hoochie daddy shorts. Yeah, and yeah. They, they, okay. they were dating during that Smokey and the Bandit time. Yeah, exactly. So you know yeah. that ain't good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm gonna fuck him. I'm gonna friend Steve Harvey because he is so funny. fucking funny on he Family also Feud. His, his oh, people. it's amazing. I love so it. Oh funny. god, it's so funny. It I love watching clips from that. He's he's really funny. I think that that'd be a good friend. Yeah. To yeah, and hang out with. You know, he has the best barbecues. Oh, you're gonna get invited mm. to the best fucking barbecues. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm into it. And he doesn't take himself too, too seriously either. Mm-hmm. Where like I, he's going to have, he's the type of person who's going to have the Cleveland. kiss the cook yeah. apron on. Kiss the cook. You know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, I got to kill Ron Burgundy. That's just, I, I, I don't like a buffoon. No. Yeah. He's, and you, he's a misogynist buffoon. Yeah. yeah. He's a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I love that show. Yeah, yeah. I know. No, you, I love Anchorman. But <laughs> fuck, fuck Ron Burgundy. Yeah. There you go. We yeah. said it here. Yeah. yeah. You heard it here I first. would never fucking say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Hmm. I think I am also going to marry Alex Trebek. I just love Jeopardy so much. Mm-hmm. He was married to the same woman for like, 35 years years, or something yeah and he just seems so genuinely sweet and beloved and when all that was happening and you know all of the fans were showing their love for him he felt it felt to me that he was genuinely touched by it and i don't know it just warms my heart and i just love alex trebek so i'm gonna marry him for sure Mm -hmm. oof ah okay i'm also going to friend steve harvey just because i don't think i could fuck steve harvey <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like, it, it's like it's like fucking your your grandma's pastor you know what i mean like i simply cannot we're looking at a picture of young alex trebek and he looks mwah, magnificent i love it i love it that like that like 70s fro oh, situation Lord. he's got going on incredible oh, incredible no. yep um a stud stud so i am going to also friend steve harvey now here here's where we're at I just feel like both of these men are so hairy. It's truly what's holding me up here because I think that both Burt Reynolds and Ron Burgundy, it's going to be very, a very sweaty experience mm-hmm. <laughs> with either of them. Um, but I think I'm going to fuck Burt Reynolds because I do think he's a fuck boy. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's going to be a one and done. Yeah. Definitely. Like, yeah. he's, he's going to leave before me, actually. He's like, I actually, I got to run. Um, my housekeeper will let you out, right? Like, I'm like, that's exactly. actually, it's, it's fine. fine. <laughs> it's, it's, he's it's an Aquarius, fine. by the way. I had to know. A Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean. I'm surprised by that, actually. I'm, I, I am a little, too. Through me. But February 11? 
Is yeah. that yeah. is that Aquarius? Yes, yeah. Aquarius. Yeah. yeah. But Ron Burgundy, Oof. the the issue here is that I feel like he might cling. I yeah. just feel like he's gonna call me a lot. A lot. He's gonna he's gonna talk about me on air when I don't respond to his phone calls. Yeah. Um, and so I'm just I would rather just not engage. Mm-hmm. Not engage. So I think I'm gonna have to kill I'm gonna do the exact same thing as Christina. Yeah. yeah. I am going to marry Steve Harvey. There you go. Um, fun. You you guys would have fun. You yeah. are going to have so much fun. He's a Capricorn, which is what sealed my decision. Oh, ah, and he knows how to make um, money. Yeah, Steve yeah, Harvey does. It does not mess around He's about making money. from Believe Land, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, which makes me think that we'll have sports in common. Mm-hmm. He's tall. He has a yep. beautiful home. Yeah. He's fucking funny. Yeah. He is one of the original kings of comedy. Looks good in a suit. Um. <laughs> Yes, he's like maybe not, maybe not. Not my style. It does look like a church suit. It really does. Yeah, he looks like he's church church. pastor suit all the time. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Whoa! Look at young Steve Harvey. Show me. Show me. Show me. Yeah, I just looked him up. So. Oh, he's cute. He's cute. Super cute. cute. His son is cute too. Have you seen his son? (laughs) No. Uh oh. I'm a little. I'm like, you Uh sure you want to marry Steve Harvey? Listen, no, no, I do. Because look, I think that he. Those teeth, man. Mm-hmm. Look. Wow. Salt and pepper, beer. Oh, yeah. It's super party. cute. Yeah. I, I'm here for it. He looks I like, he looks like he's like the best grandpa. Oh. Like, it looks like he gives really good hugs. Oh, he's the best hugger. You yeah. just know it. And he buys really good gifts for his Wait, grandkids. Yes. What? You know? Is Michael B. Jordan dating his daughter? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hi. I know. I mean, <laughs> see the people I get to hang out with? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, can you hook me up with a? Uh, I'm sorry, you're already your married. Uh, so <laughs> to Alex, I am troubled with this next one. I, it, oh, uh, yeah. Listen, we know. <laughs> I can see the gears literally yeah, turning. I know. In your head like right you can now. see. Oh, you're man. like the meme right now with all the the, the math, math equations. equations. Yes. I am, yes, 100. <laughs> there's pros and cons. I feel like we should pause. You should make a pros and cons. List. Yes, yeah, yeah. This is a. There's a lot of contemplation needed for this one. I'm gonna fuck Burt Reynolds. I don't like making good decisions all the time. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's, and, it's um, gonna be. You know, you'll have one night. It'll probably be all right, and then you'll have a little bit of residual like suntan lotion on you, and yes. then you go home. And I'll probably it. have like a little bit of hair sticking to me. Oh, God. Oh, oh. oh, I'm showering immediately. <laughs> well, you're yeah. showering in his empty house after he's already yeah. gone to yeah. work his <laughs> house has orange carpet the shag kind. yes yeah it still has brick wood paneling bo- oh, brick and yeah. wood paneling like the yeah. brick exposed yeah like he might fireplace. have it done in like a like a mid-century modern just yeah, no for sure yeah but he's which is your since the mid-century exactly <laughs> so it's no yeah. longer modern it's just it's just mid-century a lot of burnt orange and pea green yes he's yeah. got he's got that that fireplace that like coved looking yeah. fireplace wow yeah it's Oh, his bathroom is made with just like exposed rock. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> the shower that I'm going to literally cleanse my body of all uh-huh. of his, his oily hairs. Um, <laughs> but he's got a nice pool, I bet. Oh, de- of course he does. You see his tan? He, he lays out there nice like at, l- at least five hours every day. And like, yeah, he's got one of those reflectors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what's his name? Georgia. George Hamilton. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yes. 
I feel I feel fine with this decision. This is fine. I'm gonna be a friend of Alex Trebek. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, he again. You know, you were talking about like parties, and I really feel like Alex would also throw. I feel like he's a he'd host. throw a salon. He, he would definitely. He fucks with charcuterie for yes. sure. Yes, yes, he's okay. They throw very different parties. Yeah. Steve Harvey and Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek is throwing a party that's like a wine. Everybody mm-hmm. is drinking I wine like, and we're eating charcuterie and whiskey probably. Yeah, I feel like yes, but I also feel like he probably also has a very nice pool. Yeah. Oh. And has like probably a little like 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 pool parties. Not like, woo, we're getting wasted pool parties, but nice casual like how we do. You Alex, know what I'm saying? Like yes. we're sitting around the pool floating, Classy. talking, chatting. Alex Trebek is having a game night for oh. sure like oh alex trebek is throwing a game night steve harvey is throwing a pool party where people yeah. are drinking like beer and like hanging out and fucking oh my gosh and i it's just fun they're all yeah, fun yeah like, on over to my house are guys. great great choices yeah. yeah well and then like everybody else you got burgundy i mean you just have to he's he's a fictional character anyway i do not feel bad about this he's obnoxious he it's just the is. worst honestly and worst. i love will ferrell i would rather everything veronica yeah oh yeah there you go yeah christina applegate is a treasure absolute Mm -hmm. treasure Mm -hmm. i love her i have to say i think if we had thrown in sam elliott or tom Selleck, it would have have been much the game more it would have been very much harder i actually think sam elliott is good looking dude back in roadhouse he was hot yeah and he's still hot too tom Selleck. Uh, oh, yes. to, Richard yeah. from yeah. Friends. Oh. oh, see now, and and here's the thing. I, I there is this part of me that my parents are like super love that show Blue Bloods, which I cannot watch. Oh no, it I sounds... don't want to think about him in that way. No, I no, want to no. think about him yes. no later than Friends dun, era. Dun, 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 dun. I want a Magnum PI. That's as far as I can go. I mean, yeah. I would still have fucked. I still would fuck Tom Selleck when he was on Friends. Like yeah. I was like, he's yeah. still yeah, he no, like, he is. He's hot. Yeah, he still looks good. Yeah, he. There is this little part of me that does make me think he looks like my neighbor's dad growing up. <laughs> so there is that little. So you like, oh, gotta hey. work through that. Yeah, gotta process yeah. that <laughs> real quick. <laughs> you know, you can get this Tom Selleck poster on Amazon. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of oil. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. He, I, I mean, Tom Selleck or Burt Reynolds. I'm going Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. If I had to pick between them, yeah, I'm going yeah. Tom Selleck. Yes, yes, yeah. 100%. And Sam Elliott? I love Sam Elliott. I, I think he's too. so hot. I think he's still hot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. Wood I just smash. don't. Smash. <sighs> I don't want to break a hip. Listen, For Sam, Sam Elliott? Look, oh that's that's like the risk they're taking I mean, fucking with me. You want to oh, fuck oh, with young oh, women? Oh, 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 you might break a hip. You fuck that's around, on you. you might find yeah. out. That is on you. I, I, you might have a heart attack. You might break a hip. That's on you, okay? I, I, Sir, find out. You know out. what you were signing up for, okay? Right. <laughs> I am young and flexible. That's oh, on you. Oh, <laughs> God. Damn. <laughs> oh, man. Spicy. Well, you guys want to take five and we'll come back with stories? Mm-hmm. And we're back. All right, Cass. All right. Okay, I will go first. I am warning you ahead of time. This is long. Okay. But I think it is worth it. Oh, all right. All right. A wild going ride. Going on the go, journey. Go, I was going to say, buckle up. Going on a journey. <clears throat> About five years ago, I matched with a man on Tinder, and we quickly made plans to meet up at a local pub for some beers and bratwurst, and to see if we felt any connection in person that would lead to fucking. <laughs> Ballsy to I love bratwurst yeah. on a first date. <laughs> Truly, I I really feel like that's it's a risky move. We're feeling um, we're feeling bold. 
He was the kind of guy whose life seemed enmeshed in the arts, which is almost always a surefire way to get under my skirt. Oh, yeah. In person, it quickly became apparent to me that this man had some serious emotional damage, (laughs) probably some heavy drug problems, and he was actively actively leaking trauma everywhere. Oh, Oh, no. I I think she found him in a used car a lot. Right away? Like, that's so much. No, I'm sorry. Emotional damage. (laughs) I'm I'm tired already. I can't handle it. I don't want to clean up your emotional Mm. spill. I found him somewhat repulsive in person. Actually, the way he completely dominated our entire interaction by way oversharing his sob stories, inappropriately trashing his exes, and almost begging for attention by bragging about his, quote, art, which apparently consisted mostly of graffiti bombing trains and playing shitty music in a shitty band. Oh, no. Uh, Stop it. Triggered. I was like, Uh -uh. oh, I should have given Chrissy a trigger warning on this entire entire one. I'm like, whoa, this is going to hit. This is going to wait. Just wait. All I'm thinking is that you said it's a long one. And I'm like, how are they still on this date? Because be like all right i think i'm gonna go but i also had poor boundaries back then and didn't have any understanding of my own self-worth so when he invited me into his home down the street i went anyway (laughs) no sometimes you You, just gotta look at the car crash you you cannot go to a second location with someone like this i really feel like it's a well this might explain it we drunkenly stumbled down, right. <laughs> yeah. We drunkenly stumbled down the avenue before reaching his front door, just blocks away from the Silver Lake Reservoir. I wish I had never stopped into the apartment, though, and the sex was absolutely terrible. Of course it's it was. Not even worth describing how shitty that fuck was. But the worst thing <laughs> is that after he got off, literally after he got off without even bringing me close to an orgasm, he pulled out some old photos from his time in no. art school. No. My art school. Yes, that's <gasps> right. This man chose this moment of his post-nut clarity to reveal through these pictures that he had gone to the exact same college I had, undergraduate degree in music, and at the exact time as me, as the comprehension starts to dawn on me. Wait, wait, wait. wait. wait, wait. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. he knew her. He knew her. He let out a laugh and said, you don't remember me, do you? Oh, oh, I am. This immediately became a trailer for a a scary movie. Mm -mm. Honestly, I don't like this. I don't. Oh, like this. Who would play? Who would be the terrifying person that would play? You know what? It's probably probably someone who's too good looking, but they put glasses on him to make him look creepy. Right. Um, I think you nailed it. Pem Badgley. For Uh, sure. It's like a you situation. I don't like that. Yeah. Well, Jesus fucking Christ. My blood ran cold in that moment. (laughs) Who, Who the hell does that to someone? He knew exactly who I was because we had gone to college together. Well over a decade earlier. Why wouldn't you bring this up? And he hid that knowledge from me until after we fucked, then to reveal it the way he did with a note of pride, almost that back in our time together at art school, I barely knew him and never looked at him twice. Apparently he had had a massive crush on me in the past and basically bragged to my face once we were naked together about quote finally getting the girl of his art school that is dreams fucking disgusting Whoa. i am so grossed out by disgusting. that disgusting that is so oh i literally wanted to throw up when i heard those words come out of his mouth i honestly don't know what the hell is wrong with me 
but I still gave him a second chance. No, wow. Why? Why? After that highly traumatic experience, I told you I had no understanding of my self-worth back then, didn't I? Well, that second date was even worse than the first and we didn't even fuck. And that's how bad that whole situation truly was. Wait, Christina, trigger warning. Okay. <laughs> he picked me up later that week on a Saturday afternoon. And we made plans for a Guillermo del Toro exhibition across town. And I was looking forward to at least getting my art on. As I buckled myself into his car, he gestured to the back seat with various pieces of music equipment and a few instruments. Uh. Uh, oh, I Quote, just got chilled. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you mind if we stop by the guitar? <laughs> Do you mind if we stop by the guitar center first so that no. I can sell some of my old gear? No, 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 no. There are things in my life that I will never do again. And I, I kind of, when I remember back, I'm like, was this the period of my life when I was watching guys play Goldeneye? Was this the period of my life when I was watching guys play Tony Hawk Pro Skater? Was this the period of my life when I was uh, watching guys at band rehearsal yep. and stuff? And it's just like, it's yep. ingrained in me. I'm like, I'm never, never, again. never, ever doing that again. You actually met Eric and we're like, do you play an instrument? And he was like, no. And you were like, mm. uh, and you're like you get I'm married? interested. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me <Talking>. more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Strange choice, but whatever. I acquiesced and hoped it wouldn't delay our museum excursion too long. Girl. I was so fucking naive. Gu Guitar Center, you're in there f and <laughs> for like an hour and a half at least. Also, just I, why is this? This is another one. I need to start keeping track so that I can make another TikTok about like things that are common on dates that really shouldn't be going why, on errands, go, running errands. Yes. <laughs> why are we running errands before this? Plan date? your like, life better. Honestly, honestly, the number of dates we've had where they're like, I just need to stop by Target real quick. No, you I don't. just need to d drive my car through the car wash real quick. It's like, what? Wait, car what? wash. I'm in. There but, is this part of me that is like a child. That's just like, yeah, car wash. Why did you do this beforehand? Right. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, well, to start off, he wanted to go to the guitar center that was about 20 miles east of where we both lived instead of the guitar center that was literally on Hollywood Bo Boulevard on the way no, to the okay. museum also, on the west side of so town. So you're in LA, like going anywhere 20 miles Out of the way. in Los Angeles, in a Los Angeles, 20 miles, 20 miles is all day. A, that's an hour. It's so long. That's that so long. It's an hour no, drive. No, no immediately no come pick me up later we're not in fact actually don't just drop me off yeah i'll yeah, uber i'll like, uber back home it just I, doesn't I, matter i didn't feel like arguing the logic behind his choice so i gave in and headed off to sell his music gear he proceeded to spend the entire 20 minute car ride okay 20 minute ride oh 20 miles okay big difference so you're talking like four four miles yeah yeah <laughs> or three <laughs> 20 minute car ride talking about his latest graffiti adventure bombing a few trains in an empty train yard near Ventura <laughs> cool bro <laughs> he was really setting the stage for another nightmare date and I was already beginning to regret my choice in life yep. by the time we parked yeah he asked me to help him haul some See, of his I heavy ass music equipment and instruments into the store no where the counter guy informed us that there was already there were already two customers waiting for their gear to be inspected and bought before they would even be able to get to us. I'm I'm dressed for a date. Mm -hmm. Christina has actually 
I, she, actually, she's, she's, she's actually shut down. She's out. She's in the acceptance she's stage. I'm in the outrage stage. Christina's fully um, accepted the situation. I, I have actually left she's, my body. I was just going <laughs> to say, I feel like when people, you see people slip into another personality, that's what's happened to Christina. Yeah, just, she's actually disengaged entirely. Exactly. I'm floating up there looking Being at down. myself. Yeah, looking down <laughs> at myself. Who are we speaking to right now, Christina? Exactly. Christina doesn't live here anymore. <laughs> what? Christina doesn't go to Guitar Center anymore. <laughs> Oh, red, red rum. rum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Just my goddamn luck. Fine. We resigned to wait the 30 to 40 minutes for that to happen. So we stepped out of his van and got super faded before coming back into Stop the it. shop to roam around high and play with whatever instruments oh, we no. could get Honestly, our hands on. That should have been plan A. <laughs> Just get high. Get yes. high and go play with instruments at Guitar Center. Fine. Fine. Like, <laughs> right, well, if I'd known. If I'd only known that was the plan, fine. I have a little bit of musical ability, mostly in stringed instruments, and we spent about 30 minutes riffing on guitars, basses, and ukuleles before the guy at the counter called my date up to inspect and walk through his gear together. <laughs> I wandered around the store as, we, as the process began, eventually finding my way to a small display of theremins, an instrument that I have. <laughs> Always been fascinated with. <laughs> Christina, did you write this? <laughs> I must have done it in a fever dream. Yeah. As I started tinkering around and coaxing some wild wailing sounds from those Moog machines, I heard a few voices growing louder in the background. Oh no! He's oh, arguing and he's about getting into a fight. Christ, Christ. Now this is this is a story I've written in. Stop <laughs> it. There is nothing more embarrassing. Oh, I I I, I don't want to be there for that. I will sneak out the back. You know I don't like an incom- an uncomfy situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and like you arguing with the guy at Guitar Center because you think that your like shitty, shitty fucking Fender is, is worth, worth more. Yep. No, we can't. <laughs> My date was arguing with the <laughs> guy. No. about his quality and condition of his used guitar at this point i started seriously considering just walking out of the store and leaving the whole scene behind Ma'am, me i support you get your life get out of there my desire to spend any more time with this man had with the accumulation of his actions suddenly plummeted to zero i wasn't even excited about visiting the art exhibit anymore yeah Instead, i just, just go home refocused on the theremin that i was playing around <laughs> with waving my hands and pretending i was a rock star laurie anderson well <laughs> hoping that this nightmare would never end or would end soon sorry <laughs> half an hour later we hauled a few pieces of his unsold gear back to his van and jumped back onto the freeway it was well over two hours since we initially picked me up from our for our date we're long done. enough That's, we're done we, we did the thing it's enough enough yeah <laughs> and i told him i had a headache coming on and that i'd like to go back home now and that maybe we could just check out the museum in another day he flipped the fuck out of course he you did. know what you're lucky i even said we might check out the museum on another day yeah like, Which, you're lucky mean, that i even said that much okay and that's just me being nice because we're not no mm-hmm. we're not going no. to i just want to go home literally so, want to go home yeah he and pre- i don't owe you an explanation either for why i want to go home i'm done i want to go home take me home yeah that's it the end 
He pretty much pulled a toddler level tantrum and it scared the hell out of me to see this man lose his shit while driving. This is the exact moment when I actually began to fear for my safety. He proceeded to alternate between being furious at my request and begging me to reconsider, saying that he'd stop at a 7-Eleven to pick up some Tylenol and that everything would be fine. Why do people think that works? Why do they think throwing a temper tantrum, making me scared, and then then simultaneously begging me to stay? Right. Why would you think that would work? It's just a, a complete and utter lack of empathy. An inability to like put yourself in someone else's shoes. Like it's just complete narcissism. You guys are like narcissism. literally wildly reading ahead. It's of so fu- like every time. Because we've he all lived refused the same to display yeah. any empathy for yeah. me. And I felt bullied and scared as he escalated the situation while flying down the freeway. Eventually, I broke down and agreed to stop and get some aspirin and coffee to help with my headaches so that he could get what he wanted another opportunity to fuck me i'm sure but no means no and he didn't understand yet that the moment he pushed back against my desire to end the date he killed the possibility for any future chance to see me naked ever again that's the thing it's just like if honestly because she'd already given him more chances than he deserved like already if he had just said when she was like i want to go home if if he had just said oh you know what okay like i totally understand i hope you feel better i'm gonna drop you off that would have earned him so yeah. many points that yeah. would have potentially gotten I him actually might have yeah. another right. date. Right. Like, sorry, this turned into a bummer. I yeah, should sorry. have done this at a different time. Yep. Uh-huh. A thousand ways would have actually gotten him another date. Yes. But now yeah, because you have you're displaying some awareness, you care about her well-being because if she has a headache, why would you want if she's in pain? Like, why would you want her to right. stick that out? It really does display a complete lack of awareness and empathy for the other person involved. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's all about him. Absolutely is. I felt immense relief wash over me as we rolled onto the city streets from the concrete highway, and I seized my chance to escape. When just as a, f- a few blocks away from the liquor store, we stopped at a red light. Without a moment's hesitation, I unbuckled my seatbelt, grabbed my purse and sweater, opened the car door and took off running. I don't yes, even girl. remember slam- if I slammed the door shut. Yes. yes behind girl. me. I heard his angry yelling fade away as I put as much distance between me and him as quickly as I possibly could. I eventually ducked into a shop to catch my breath and let the adrenaline work its way through my body. I was starting to shake from the entire experience and immediately began doing some deep breathing to help keep me from going into a panic attack. The store clerk must have thought I was a crazy woman in the moment, but after I had a chance to calm down and explain what happened, he brought me into the back room to relax in safety before I eventually felt well enough to handle hailing an Uber home. To this day, I am still immensely grateful that the clerk understood my fear and gave me the space I needed to recover from that traumatic experience look, before helping me. Look at that. Yeah. Look at what empathy and a little bit of I know, right? understanding and compassion can do. Yeah. He gave me back a sliver of faith in humanity with his actions and at least helped me to arrive home with a tiny slice of comfort in my heart. Yeah. I, Wild. You know, I know it's wow. too much to ask probably that this person had any amount of self-awareness at all to reflect on their behavior but i would hope that somebody literally fleeing your vehicle should make you reflect on your own behavior and absolutely i would hope that that's the case i doubt it with this particular person but we can hope that was a journey that was (laughs) wow i listen i was like she had me opened up the door ran out of the car i was like yes ma'am it's everything i yeah everything that you wish 
in hindsight that you had yeah, just you done, had done on like one a date mm-hmm. or two. Oh yeah, yeah. just gotten the fuck yeah, out of the car. Fuck out. No, yeah. I'm, yeah. I, and yeah, I respect you. you so much for doing that. Mm. Amazing. Okay, so this is from a longtime listener and patron. So they wrote in, I spent most of the pandemic working on myself and trying to heal from a situationship that ended in heartbreak. I was casually on the apps while we were in quarantine and I chatted with some guys here and there, but nothing blossomed. Fast forward to this year, 2022. I have this newfound confidence and I'm feeling great about myself and my life. I was never one to date because it's rare for me to even be remotely interested in someone. And when I have found someone I'm interested in, I get invested and end up with a broken heart. The situationship I mentioned previously. Anyway, this new empowered feeling ignited something in me and made me want to be one of those girls that dated around and had many suitors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get it. Now's my time. I get it. Yeah. So it's to like the app girl summer. Yes. Amen. Mm-hmm. So to the apps I went, LOL. There's an app I was introduced to by some friends called Field. I was under the impression that Field Mm. was an app only for couples looking for a third or a third looking for couples since that's what my friends in relationships were using it for. I had since been corrected and told that singles were on there as well. My friends gave great reviews for it and said it was like adult Tinder. People might be there for casual sex, but it wasn't a transactional thing. It wouldn't be like those typical wham, bam, thank you, ma'am type of interactions you usually get from Tinder. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's just more honest. Yeah. It's more yes. eyes wide open. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Tinder, they're like, oh, yeah, no, I totally want a relationship. And it like, no, ends up being fuck boys. For the most part, Field is pretty honest when people are out there just looking for yeah. casual hookups and stuff. So yeah. I, I yeah. appreciate the so, honesty. Yeah, yeah, so you can just seek what you're seeking, right? So right. like, if you're seeking a relationship, you'll find other people who are honest about like, I'm seeking a relationship too. And if you're not, you know what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. I matched with this guy. We'll call him Paul. You'll see why in a minute. <laughs> and he seemed pretty chill. Because his name is Paul. I wasn't <laughs> particularly <laughs> excited about meeting Paul. I hadn't been all that excited to meet most men before my dates. If someone was interested in meeting, seemed decent, made plans with me, then I didn't see any reason why I couldn't give someone a chance. I could be pleasantly surprised. Paul was a bit late meeting me. It was to be expected. I live in a busy area in LA and parking is hard to find. I chose a place close to me because A, if things are going well, I could get him back to mine quickly so we can fuck. Mm-hmm. Or B, I'm having the worst night and I want to literally peel my skin off and I need to get home ASAP de- to decompress. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a good, good idea. These all track. Yep. So right off the bat, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm not going to kiss this guy. He's pleasant enough and the conversation is flowing, but I'm not at all attracted to him. It didn't feel right to have this date progress any further once we finished up our drinks. The bar is pretty dark and our tables are lit with a single votive candle in the center. The light hit his face in a certain way and I thought, wait a minute, he kind of resembles Paul Rudd. Okay, maybe I'll kiss him <laughs> later. We'll see. <laughs> the one votive candle, <laughs> one angle, one specific angle. End up in a relationship with somebody you're like, just, you're always you controlling keep, the light. You're like, keep can you light. angle your head? Like, like right there, there, don't, there, move, there, there don't, don't move. move. Don't stop. <laughs> I'm attracted to you right now. anyway paul and i finish our second drink and he asked if i want another or if i'd be interested to go to his and smoke i mentioned earlier that i 
I usually only have a couple of drinks when I'm out and that I usually don't mix weed and alcohol. I had a bad experience getting crossfaded one time at a party. We can all yes. relate. <laughs> yep. Yes. We've all been crossfaded. And it's, I can't I can't smoke after I've drank. Oh, I have forget to it. smoke first. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, don't one smoke or the other. at all anymore. But when I did, smoking after drinking is the Whoa. worst. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The You're worst. Done. You yeah, done, done, yep. son. You, the world is spinning. Yeah. Um. I agreed to go to his and hang for a little. To do what I wasn't entirely sure. We got up to the counter to pay our tab, and wouldn't you know it, his card got declined. There was a slight ping that went off in my head, but I quickly let it go because things happen, and this isn't necessarily a red flag. I would like to point out that I know this person, and she is also a Pisces, and I'm like, yes making up all the excuses mm. as you go <laughs> but also I'm sure there's a reason also i'm the same i'm the same way yeah 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 which ag- agree because there is yeah. oftentimes because we've shit all does happen. actually had that happen yeah, where we're like right. no no happen. i have money i promise i, I have money swear i swear to god, god i have money that has been me where me. i'm literally like i'm about to show the like checkout yeah. person at the grocery store my bank account balance like yes. i'm like look look there's look money in there money. i'm telling you there's money in there right you now. show the people waiting <laughs> behind you see see i have money not me it's not me how many not my fault um <laughs> oh i'm sweating i've truly we've truly all been there we've been there, we've been there. um he didn't seem that upset about it and just turned to me saying ah oh, damn i'm sorry do you mind paying i told him it was no problem and that things happen as we were walking to his car he kept going on and on about how bad he felt that i had to pay i kept trying to reassure him that it wasn't a big deal and not to worry about it he then went on to say this happened recently when he was at a Chipotle a month ago in Baltimore. He said that he was at the register to pay for his burrito bowl and his card was placed on a hold there. I guess he was thinking by telling me this, I would think that it's his bank having issues and not him. I don't know. Yeah. Don't. I mean, yeah. Don't. But. But it, it, it I mean, yeah. Raises yes. some red flags yeah. for me. And where here's I'm like, what she says. You don't have your shit together. Mm. Don't banks put a hold on your card for outstanding purchases and not $7 burrito bowls, I asked. I was under the impression that while banks ask you to inform them when you're traveling, they usually won't put a hold on your card for small purchases. I could be wrong, though. We finally got to Mm. his car, and at this point, I was ready to go home. I wasn't turned off that his card got declined, but the fact that he needed to give me a story about why he was having card problems and that he apparently went into this date fully aware of the card problems and chose to chance it. Also, most people, especially if they're over 30, have a few cards they can try, right? Mm. Whatever. I thought the best thing to do would be to get to his, fake a stomach ache, and then call an Uber <laughs> home. I couldn't tell him I was ready to go home while we were already in his car because then he would know where I lived. Mm, I wasn't yeah. getting scary vibes from him at this point. So I, pay- I waited patiently in the passenger seat until we reached our destination. We got to his and he pulled out his phone to try and Venmo me. Surprise, the card attached to his Venmo was the one that wouldn't work. (laughs) So (laughs) he offered to send it once the new card came. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to see those 80 something dollars again. So I just said, that's a lot. It's L.A. drinks. Yeah, Yeah, I could see it. It Yeah, that's two rounds. Yeah, that's true. Honestly. Yeah. So I just said, sure. And followed him inside. The house was huge. He shared it with three to four other people. There was a roommate that was home, which was a relief for me. The eerie vibes yeah. started to really sink in after the long card explanation from earlier. <laughs> and I felt a bit more at ease knowing someone else was in the house. He gave me a tour and I mentioned that this house would be perfect for a murder mystery party. <laughs> he chuckled and I thought, 
shit, I either just gave him an idea or he knows I've already caught on on his plan to murder me. Oh, shit. (laughs) We went out to the balcony to smoke. What a mistake. I only had two tequila drinks and barely felt tipsy at that point. But somehow the one hit from the pipe really sent me over. He asked if I wanted to come to his room and listen to some music. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I want to listen to some music. (laughs) I was cold. I got got Pink Floyd. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you do. I was cold and wasn't interested in smoking anymore, so I agreed. We both sat on the opposite sides of the bed after he put on some whack-ass music. Oh, my God. It's not Pink Floyd. It's not Pink Floyd. No. I'm I just, was, you know, I was I was there for a minute. and then <laughs> You yeah. lost, you had me? He's like, then insane cloud me. posse. We're on, right? <laughs> <laughs> Magnets. How do they work? Um, I was really high at this point and just looked straight ahead. Mm-hmm. I knew by us going into his room, he was planning on us hooking up. He no longer looked like Paul Rudd once we got out of the dimly lit bar. They never do. They never, (laughs) ever look like Paul Rudd. And I was was afraid to look him in the eye. The weed was taking over at this point. I was in that be chill. Don't let on that you're too high mindset. We've all been there. Um, And was relieved when we started discussing a band we both liked. I thought, great, we can talk about this for a while and he won't know that I'm terrified of him and got too high. (laughs) For the record, I was never in any danger. I know the majority of it was in my head, but the fear came from really not being attracted to this guy. And And also high. And high. high. You start to spiral. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes, that's why I don't smoke. Like the paranoia. I knew that if I turned my head to face him to talk like a normal person, he would make that dumb guy face and lean in to kiss me. Oh, no. So, oh, no. We, relatable. We know. Relatable content. Oh, no. oh, and man. also just the, the, the vision dumb guy face. of her looking, having this whole conversation, just like looking straight ahead, like not not turning to look at him like at all. It's really funny. Don't look me. at me. Don't look. Don't look at me. Don't look. <laughs> I did not want that. So that's why I stay facing forward the entire time. <laughs> Once we exhausted that topic about the band, we were discussing. He went on to say, we could keep talking about insert band here or I could just kiss you. <laughs> no. Let's keep talking about that band. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could show you the face I made all while not looking this man in the eye. I cannot hide my face when I'm feeling a certain uh, way. So I'm sure you can imagine how I looked when this man suggested us kissing. <laughs> there was a brief uncomfortable pause and he said, or not. <laughs> oh, at least he saw your face. <laughs> I decided to come clean Damn. and say that I made a mistake smoking after two drinks at the bar. I was a bit embarrassed, actually, since it had been only one hit. And I'm no stranger to weed, but here we are. I said, I think it would be best if I just called an Uber and went home. Keep in mind, I was getting a bit freaked out by him. So this is most likely coming from my high brain. I don't know how to explain, but I felt a, char- a change in the air. He kept a smile the whole time, but seemed annoyed that I was leaving. He felt very nice guy TM, uh. but one that would be smiling and creepy, com- a creepy comforting smile all while murdering you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God. Oof. He went on to say... This sucks. Everything has been going wrong tonight. My card got declined and you had to pay. You told me you don't smoke if you've been drinking and I offered it to you and now you want to leave. A perfect summary of the evening. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. I tried to... I tried to put it all on me because my high ass was getting freaked mm-hmm. out. I kept saying, it's my fault. I shouldn't have smoked and I'm high and I won't be much fun. It's best if I go. The Uber finally arrived and he walked me downstairs. I hugged him goodbye, walked out to my Uber, 
turned around to wave like I usually do when I'm leaving oh, no. someone and the front door was already shut. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, bye. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I, I called my best friend on the ride to give her all the details. Fast forward a couple of days later, I reached out to see if there were any updates on his card. Uh. He said it should be coming in a couple of days. Then asked if I just wanted the reimbursement or would I be interested in a second date as well? I told him that just the reimbursement would be great. <laughs> yeah. You will never hear from him again. <laughs> I got too high that night and it freaked me out a little, but it was nice getting to know him at the bar is what she told him. He didn't respond. At that point, I thought, what a dick. So to end my discourse with him, I said, just send me the amount for his drinks. He sent me his share immediately. Oh, wow. oh. which props to him. Yeah. I okay. did not okay. expect that. I was like, nope. you are not, yeah. never seeing that money <laughs> yeah. again, ever. Yeah. It gave me a bit of a laugh for calling the night. I hope you ladies enjoyed my tale. Wow. Oh, wow. I really did. That was a... <laughs> when you get too oh. high yeah yeah that's in a stranger's house that's just yeah it's scary it can get that's, i don't smoke i mean i'm paranoid anyway i'm anxious did get out of the whole situation yeah yeah fairly unscathed across yeah, the board totally. but, that's, <laughs> but just yeah. imagine her staring yeah. straight ahead <laughs> especially Ooh. since i just watched nope so you'll get that after you've seen it or Ooh. if you have but it's very funny um okay i got mine from reddit <clears throat> She said, met guy who worked in the same building as me, but not the same company. Um, we had seen each other a lot and became friends. And then he admitted he was into me. Fast forward two years consisting of him chasing me. And I finally agreed to date him. That's mm. never That's a, good a good thing. It's not good. Two years. Wearing someone down. <laughs> She's know, just like, yeah. there's know. nothing on, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'll call you. <laughs> He's my first relationship and it's going good. Three months in, we're both looking at his phone together for something. I don't remember what. And a message pops up from another girl talking about looking forward to seeing him and calling him baby. Mm, okay. Of course, I immediately start questioning him. I have always been monogamous and he knew this from the beginning and agreed to it. He denies everything and claims he doesn't know what she's talking deny, about deny deny doesn't even know, know who she is no, wrong number <laughs> it wasn't it me, wasn't me. <laughs> wrong number who does I, I have a nagging feeling so i call B oh, you have a nagging feeling a text comes up on your you saw it <laughs> you saw it it's not a feeling it like, happened I've got a hunch <laughs> i got a hunch <laughs> I got a nagging feeling, so I call BS and ask him, so if I get her number off your phone and start texting her, she won't know who you are? This ballsy-ass man actually had the audacity okay. to call my bluff. I love <laughs> when people do this. Yep. It is amazing. They're yep. like, they're just like, just keep denying. Just keep like, denying. This can't go wrong. Lies. Never. Nope. <laughs> lies. All lies. Lies. <laughs> so I did. I explained I was his girlfriend of three months after him chasing me for two years and said that he was denying knowing who she was after I had seen her last message to him. She responded very confused and hurt, telling me, well, I'm his girlfriend of three years. <gasps> Damn. Oh, my God. That is so fucking bold that he was like, yeah, go ahead. Text her. <gasps> I know. I I just imagine for both the people, uh, dude, this fucking guy. I hope these girls are best friends. I now. hope so, too. Yeah. I let him know what she was saying, and he continued denying wow. knowing anything about her. Okay. She offered proof of their relationship. Okay. She had receipts 
I told him she's of course, sending me these, this proof. She says she has about your relationship. It's your chance to come clean. This dumbass rode these lies no all the way out Stop. until he absolutely couldn't anymore. Oh my God. Me and her sent proof of each of our relationships with him back and forth to each other, consisting of sexual role plays, I love you's, all kinds of other messages and phone calls that you would How only make with a significant other. Not a puddle of sweat on the floor. <laughs> like the way that I would be like, oh, like it would just be like, what is that? Like a uh, Jordan Peele <laughs> yeah, gift where it's just sweat. like water. Just water. Oh. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Turns out he had had a long distance relationship with her for three years. And two of those years he spent chasing me and God knows what else all while claiming he was single and I was the other woman. Wow. Needless to say, we didn't work out. No, you don't say. I hope Mm-mm. you have a new best friend. I would like to watch that buddy comedy. Honestly. Soon. But imagine like, okay, there's like proof here. And he's like, no, she doesn't know what know. she's talking no, about. No, no. Like, I don't know so her. bold face like that. <laughs> I've never been able to do that. I no. just, it's incredible. I mean, Wow. There is a new buddy comedy in this. Did I just spend the last like 20 seconds building it in my brain? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. (laughs) I love it. Well, you guys want to take five and then we'll come back with the tainted love. Sounds good. Yes. Okay. And we're back. So I know you're excited about this one. I I could sense it earlier this week whenever you were texting us. Uh, It's because I told you guys, I, so we, we keep an ongoing list in our, uh, our Google drive of like, our resources, like what we've been yeah, doing. Our, so, yeah, our yeah. sources, our FMKs, whatever. Exactly. Else. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I'm literally doing the research and just adding new resources like every three minutes. I'm like, there are like literally 12 resources <laughs> in this wow. story. Like my sources list is strong this week. That is really yeah. commendable well, because for me, my brain starts getting distracted after like three or four. Yeah. Like I'm like, I, I can't. Well, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack here. And I, I kind of went in a different direction this week um, than what we normally do mm-hmm. for tainted love. I am doing a spotlight character. Um, for my tainted love this week. So it's not just one of his relationships that I'm going to focus on. Although there is definitely one that is worse than some of the others, but I'm going to tell you about the prolific author, Norman Mailer. Oh, okay. How much do you guys know about Norman Mailer? Quite a a bit. Oh, good. Not a lot. Well, then you know that this journey is going to be gross. Oh, and Keegan, you're going to hate it. Oh no. It's, it's, He's it's pretty awful. He's a bit of garbage. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm going to tell you all about him. Okay. So he was born Nakam Malek Mailer, January 31st, 1923, in Long Branch, New Jersey. His family moved them to Brooklyn. So he and his sister moved to Brooklyn. That's where he grew up, went to school. He went to a boys' school. And then he entered Harvard College at, in 1939 at just 13 years old. Whoa, yeah. buddy. Imagine. 
Imagine. Or 16. 16. I, sorry. Oh, I said Jesus. 13. I, I mean, meant 16. There, there is 16. a 13-year-old that just got into medical school. I saw that. That's wild. I think it was like Harvard Medical yeah. School or what? something. The yeah. Doogie Howser. Yeah. 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 I mean, you have to be smart to get into Harvard. You know, you have to have money to get into Harvard anyway. But 16 in Harvard, that's... that's well, a, she's 13, this well, girl. Okay, that's, yeah. that's even more yeah. impressive. Yeah. But still, back then, 16, uh-huh. going yeah. to Harvard's oh, yeah. pretty impressive, right? He enrolled into the engineering courses. Uh, he was pretty smart with math and sciences, so he went into engineering. But he quickly was drawn to writing. Uh, and by the time he was 18, had published his first short story. So writing was something that uh, that he was just drawn to. He he was very much somebody who also challenged himself. Um, sometimes I think that when you can look right here and see what this person's going to be. Um, you can look at somebody like this and be like, wow, super smart, intelligent, probably beyond his own good, challenges himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had heard something that had said that he'd challenged himself to writing like so many thousand words a day. So like he's that kind of person who always is like going to be pushing best, best, best. Right. Oh, yeah. he's Capricorn. <laughs> Yes. Oh, no, he's Aquarius. Is he? Ja- oh, January 21st? 31st. 31st. Yeah. Oh, okay. 31st. I was going to say. Yeah. That, that, I mean, he, I mean. I still feel Aquarius energy. Yeah. Like it's, well, yeah, yeah, I do. Especially as yeah. she tells you more. Yeah. You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll see it. Um, after he graduates from college, he marries his first wife, Beatrice B. Silverman. So his first wife, B, they met. Right out of uh, college, she went to school in Boston, and they had met in Boston. I love that name for a girl. Beatrice. Beatrice. I love it, too. I love it. B. I think that's so Mm -hmm. cute. And you can shorten that all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. You can also be, I think, in um, Trixie called (gasps) Midwife. Trixie. I love that. Yeah. Beatrice. I love that. Yeah. You know what I love, too, for like a boy's name is Sunny. Sunny? No, like 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 Sunny Bono. Oh, like no. Sunny with a U. Yeah, I don't oh. know. Anyway, that's really <laughs> <You're> dumb. So <laughs> cute. <laughs> that's a very hippie name. All right. Anyway, uh, they eloped. In fact, uh, I think that, but they both had thought maybe their parents, neither of their parents, would be super interested in this combination. B. Silverman. Uh, she. She. They marry in 1943. Quickly thereafter, he was actually drafted into World War II. At oh, the time, bar. he tried to get out of it, being like, "I am going to be writing." a huge novel and it would be so silly for me to go into the middle. I feel like, like the US government cares. doesn't give a fuck about that. I feel <laughs> like you got to come up with bone spurs or something else important, yeah. you know, yeah. to get you out of service. And they, uh, mm, that, that hit. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> Triggered. They didn't care. Turns out. Um, so they did send him off to the war and he ended up serving in the Philippines and Japan. Beatrice herself was uh, also decided that she was going to serve as well. So she went into the U.S. Navy as a lieutenant in the Women's Accepted for Volunteer Emergency Services, or WAVES. Okay. How interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so good for her. Anyway, during this time, when he was in the service, Mailer ended up writing B hundreds. Um, According to Wikipedia, over 400 letters that she kept these were basically the notes that he ended up using for his very first book so it's all of the his experiences in the philippines japan in in real time wartime what it what he was experiencing i'm not gonna lie to you i mean i know i already said it on this episode i know i love a letter i <laughs> mm-hmm. would love for somebody to write me letters like Dear i Keegan. would love it like first of all i love getting mail 
yeah. <laughs> who doesn't like real mail though not like yeah i can't remember the last time i got something real in the mail that mm. wasn't a bill or some kind of ad my grandma writes me letters and <gasps> i actually adorable. she does and i was Bless like her i had decided recently i'm like my remaining grandparents i'm like i should write i should challenge myself to write them a letter every month both of them Aww. i'm like i should write them a letter every month because they like to write me letters and that's i'm like sweet. i that's should so write cute. them letters every month but i i love it there's something about that like written correspondence that i'm like mm, i like it i mean 400 it's letters. a lot okay it is it's a lot, lot. No, no, I mean, it is, it's a lot of letters i mean that's <laughs> actually but that's really impressive and i think it has a lot to do with again the challenges he's made for himself but he also wants to kind of keep track of his wartime experience um, it's these letters, though, that do end up serving for the notes for his first book, The Naked and the Dead, which was published when Mailer was just 25 years old. This is like, you know, he comes out of the military, puts puts himself to work to write the book. He and uh, B end up going to actually France for a while, both using like the GI Bill to get put them through college during the time. And he moved back to when his book was being published at 25. I mean, this is a lot of life yeah. happening for somebody who's just turned 25. The book is a fucking hit. Like, it is a New York Times bestseller. It's on the list for 62 weeks. It's his only novel to hit number one, and it's still in print today. So The Naked and the Dead, I think they actually made a movie that was not very good about it, but I, the book itself is still, I think, pretty pretty well read. Yeah, I, I haven't read that one. I, I feel like he, he wrote a true crime book that yes. I read when I was uh, younger. I can't, it's it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can't remember I it. don't think I've read anything by him. I have to say I'm very, just, just for me and like what I like to read, because I do read a lot and I enjoy reading, but like I'm very hesitant to read like, old male authors yeah oh. you're not gonna he's not for you, <laughs> you know when i tell like, you he is not for you i yeah. trust me when yeah. i say i believe you completely yeah. because it is it is like a hit or miss like i go into it with a it's certain a amount of like uh i'm gonna have to forgive a lot aren't i like mm -hmm. i felt that way about like hemingway too i'm just like I, you can acknowledge that this is like brilliantly written and still be like but <laughs> like, yeah no there's he, some shit in here that i don't like he becomes strongly problematic and during like the the second wave feminist movement becomes like um, almost like completely outspoken against the feminist movement. He's yeah. very anti-woman. He's Great. he's kind of a real piece of shit. You're going to find Sounds out more that you'll just good. love. You aren't going to want to read his books. Uh, Norman and B did have one daughter. Her name was Susan before eventually divorcing in 1962. This was not the most contentious divorce though. Uh, he, his relationship, you know, comparatively to that of his next wife, this was a pretty, this is going to be the the lightest of the notes. Let me just put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Any of his yeah. wives. Yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah, things so. just don't work out. Yeah. And if yeah, they, they had they an amicable divorce, it's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, they were young. They were married for like 19 years. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was quite a while. He ends up... I mean, so the thing of it is, the big, the big thing here is that Norman is kind of a habitual ladies man or um, philan uh, philanderer. I mean, he's, he's not loyal. <laughs> never never yeah. has been and you will he's find a, he's never. a fuck man we get it yeah never will <laughs> exactly. be uh his most contemptuous relationship though might be with this wife that i'm about to tell you with about now norman moved back to new york uh where he met adele morales she's an artist who studied under hans hoffman uh, morales before meeting mailer had been involved with jack kerouac um and was seeing edwin fancher at the time that she met mailer 
So Fancher and Mailer uh, were actually two of the people, along with two other men, who became the founders of the Village Voice. Um, Mailer and Morales kind of had a kind of quick and fast, like, meeting. Like, they, they met and immediately were like, we're in love with each other. And they marry very quickly. Mm. They get married in 1954. This is like this is only about two years after he gets divorced from his first wife. So oh, there's wait. a little bit of time here. Wait, I thought his first marriage you said ended in 62. 52. Oh, 52. 52. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I was like when you said 19 years, I was like that doesn't seem right. But nope. Yeah. Either way, they were married yeah. for a good chunk. Yeah. Uh, notoriously, this relationship was fueled by alcohol and it was tumultuous to say the least like they they there's the stories of these two was constantly about their bitter fighting i have to say very, do we ever think we're gonna get to a spot where it's just like y'all could just like not get married yeah like if you're if you're happy like if you're like oh we're having this whirlwind romance and it's awesome you don't have to get married to, to right away like auntie. stop it <laughs> like what are you doing like just just keep just keep doing what you're doing whenever they're like yeah. oh it was passionate and we got married immediately and then you don't have we to fought all the time it's like you could still be together and have all the fights you want and yeah. not be married and not bring the government into yes. it yeah. like what are you doing yeah you really didn't this is wife number two though so he he i think not only does he love love he loves being married i believe um i think a lot of people feel that way and i'm just like yeah you could just not you're just not look at fucking goldie hahn and kurt russell man that's a couple goals right there there are you for sure (laughs) exactly um again their their relationship contemptuous and they literally like constantly were at odds um but their relationship really comes to a head in november of 1960 we're at a party that mailer is throwing for the boxer uh, Roger Donahue at his apartment. He's throwing this big birthday party, but at the birthday party, he's also decided that he is going to like informally with amongst his friends announce that he is going to be running for the New York mayor position. <laughs> All right. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking guy. I yeah. know who this guy is. Yeah. This is the so smart. Oh yeah. Yes. You're so, so smart. smart. Yeah. You want to talk about a well, actually he's oh, the, the king of it. King. Ew. This hate him. <laughs> uh, yeah. The party was held at the mailer's 94th street apartment and it was a packed affair with over 200 guests. Imagine 200 people in a New York city apartment. Oh, gross. I know. I have a feeling his apartment's probably bigger than most. New I mean, city apartments, still, still. like 200 people in Oof. most houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The party got increasingly more intense uh, the drunker everyone got through the night. At one point, Mailer went into the streets trying to start fights with his guests. Amazing. That's <laughs> yeah. actually, I'm like, that's a vibe. I'm like, can we make this into a one act? Because I feel like there's kind of hilarious, actually. That's, it, it, There'll be six incredible. acts in this play. Yeah. yeah. Um, as his, uh, his biographer, Lennon wrote of Mailer, he wrote, uh, scuffles kept breaking out as the party wore on. Larry Alson, remember who was a person that came, remembers that most people kept challenging Mailer to a fight. <laughs> By 3 a.m., most of the guests had left, and Mailer had insisted on splitting up the remaining members of the people that were there. Like 20 people left at the party, and he's like, I'm going to split you guys up. Here's the people <laughs> who are supporters of me and you people are non-supporters of me sounds fun and by the end of him splitting up all of his group of friends everyone is in the non-supporters group except for his 
paid lived-in servant who was like or his maid who was Why like in the supporting you group. Your maid to be involved in this. <laughs> like, this is three a.m. I feel like overtime sure. <laughs> like, comes I into guess. play. Yeah, she's like, I'm just trying to get home to my kids. Like, I don't want to be here. She's like, of course I support you. That, to me, it, that it, it's so much. But also, look. You can't have 200 people in an apartment and not expect fights. Yeah. Like we are too close together yeah. and we're all drinking. I'm hot. Like, you just bump one person the oh, wrong way it. and somebody's going to start a fight. Yeah. We're sweating. Yep. It's hot. Nope. Okay. We're drinking. Well, guess what? There's only 20 people left at the party and now he's got so many. 19 of these 20 people are now non-supporters. His wife included. Well, I am now. <laughs> his wife included in the non-supporters. So now he decides he's going to take to the streets. In- he's going to go to sufferable. all of his friends houses and knock on their door and be like you support me insufferable and i cannot fucking imagine oh yeah no this is yeah this is real uh the again he goes to all the houses of the guests who left demanding from the pavement that they come out and fight him come fight Amazing. me the anxiety i would have the next day if i pulled something like this you wake up the next day and you're like i did what oh, oh fuck shit. everybody yeah. hates me oh, shit. <laughs> and all these people had the good sense to not come down and fight him of course but on his way back to his home he encountered uh, more departing guests because they were leaving and as they were leaving he's challenging them again to also fight him somebody's just trying to walk their dog at 3 a.m they're just like what <laughs> fight me what what, what? You? i just know no i'm no i'm good when mailer finally reaches his home around 4 40 a.m it would seem that the drunken adele his wife started taunting her husband about his desire to become mayor she was not into it she was like really dude you're gonna become mayor she's do, like you were we right this? to put me in the non-supporter category <laughs> I, I, I actually do fucking not. don't like your ass I'm like i'm not <laughs> into it annoying. bro i've already started the recall group <laughs> <laughs> well a huge row ensued and mailer in, as quoted in Lennon's book and finally, in a rage, I took out my pen knife and stuck it into her with the idea of, here, you think you're tough? I'm tougher. It was madness. I was pretty drunk at the time and probably on the pot. On the pot. Yep. Well, crossfaded. The, yeah, we yep, cross-talked about it. <laughs> We've already talked about this. Bad yeah. idea. The idea was not to do her any damage. Just give her a little nick or two, you see? What Damn it, fuck? if I didn't nick her heart. <gasps> Imagine talking about it that cavalierly. That, yeah, yeah it's fucking disgusting. It's this fucking guy's a monster. Casual. He stabs Ew. her with his pen knife. So his pen knife, by the way, is a knife that he carries around with him all the time. It's like just a small, like couple inch blade that he uses to pick out and clean his nails. Imagine how disgusting this knife is. And he now pierces it into Ugh. her chest and her back. <gasps> she has two knife wounds. So he stabs her twice. So it's not just like a. No, oops, you fell into oopsie. my knife. Yeah. Yeah. It's a what stab, stab. a piece of shit. Yeah. He has two guests remaining at the party who take <laughs> her, who take her out of the home and are like rush her to their place and actually are able to contact a doctor to get her into the hospital. He, she barely fucking survives. Mm-hmm. He nicked her fucking heart. I did not expect her to survive, to he be honest. He nicked her heart. She ended up having to go into surgery the following day. Mailer, with a couple of his friends, visit Adele in the hospital where he cried and tried to explain to her that he only did it because I love you. I want to murder this person. And to save you from cancer. What? Exactly. Wait. Yep. 
First of all, I should clarify. I don't want to murder him. I'm sure he's dead already. But he does sound fucking awful. Awful. No, he's awful. What a terrible person. He says, because I love you and I wanted to save you from cancer. Mailer's visit to Adele in the hospital was not for him to go in and apologize, but he was trying to convince her not to press charges. Gaslighting. Yeah. He, it was there that he though was running for mayor. He's got to keep that record clean. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be murdering people. Well, that is where he was finally apprehended because regardless of whether she wanted to see press charges or not, the police are like, I'm sorry. We have a woman in the hospital who's been stabbed and can't go uh, around stabbing people. Nope. It's not how this works. No, we're going to have to take you in. He stabbed her once in the chest, like I said, once in the back, and Adele required emergency surgery, like I said. So this is all (laughs) fucking awful. They take Mailer. He was involuntarily committed, though, to Bellevue. So instead of going to the the prison, they they put him in Bellevue for For 17, 17 days. Adele did not press charges, saying that she wanted to protect her daughters. So the idea was basically she thought, well, I can keep this out of the press and out of the public eye and maybe i don't blame her but i I get that i do but i'm also like why'd they put him in bellevue well because he also was still ranting about how he was saving his wife from cancer and at that time too even his wife was like maybe maybe we're going a little too hard on the on on the the alcohol and the oh also reefer reefer madness yes you know this is 1960 yeah really he was on the pot pot. pot. yeah Yeah. when i hear somebody's on the pot i actually immediately think toilet but so do i um he this is i mean this is 1960 so this is the beginning this is like well before we're starting to see like the implementation of drugs and things like that at a right at a big rate anyway right at any rate, he ends up getting a receiving basically a suspended sentence of only three years of probation in the long short of it. So he does end up spending 17 days in Bellevue. Did um, Adele leave his ass? Because they no, no, oh, okay. not immediately. Great. Uh-uh. <laughs> cool. Not for that anyway. In 1961, Norman met Lady Jeannie Louise Campbell. So this is that happened in 1960, and in 1961 he meets someone else. They did not get divorced because he stabbed her. They got divorced because he met a new woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lady Jeannie Louise Campbell was the daughter of the reprobate eleventh tenth Duke Argyle and the favorite granddaughter of Lord Beaverbrook. This is literally the description. Beaverbrook, right? (laughs) This is literally the description of anything you find of her. It is this exactly, the daughter of the reprobates, 11th Duke of Argyle, and the favorite granddaughter, favorite granddaughter of Lord Beaverbrook. Nothing like like, like your entire identity and self-worth being tied up into like the men in your life. And someone's favorite granddaughter. Thanks so much. What an arbitrary (laughs) title. Meanwhile, like her sister or whatever is like, Oh, what am I? Chop liver. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All the other cousins are like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, favorite. Okay. She had purportedly been linked to JFK, Khrushchev, and Castro. So, like, this is like somebody who has quite the reputation. She's been linked to some very serious men. The thing was, like, oh, you're literally linked to three men on very different sides of all the aisles and on a Reportedly, like I said, all in the same year. So it was like, now that's also speculative. And her daughter was like, that's garbage. Like, it's not true. So who knows where that even came from. But between 1935 and 1940, Janet was married to Drogo Montague, 
the second son of the ninth Earl of Sandwich. Oh, hey, hey a connection. Yep. Connection is made. Still married to Adele at this time. Campbell got pregnant with their daughter, Kate, in 1962. These people are so fucking messy. Can we yeah. just like, what? what's going on? Like, Dude, it, key parties and shit like that used to be... These well, people, yes. yeah. messy, messy mollies. And that's actually something that I didn't bring up very much because um, there's so much to go through on this guy. But one of the things that did happen, it seems, though, as though with Adele, is that he forced her to do like key parties and forced her into yep. like multiple three ways and, and things with her yeah. his friends that she did not necessarily consent to or want to be involved in. So there's a lot. It's pretty fucking volatile. awful. Yeah, it was yeah. very awful. He's a piece of shit. Uh. Shortly after his divorce from Adele, though, uh, they end up finally divorcing. He, in the very same year, gets married to Jeannie because he it out. just can't not. He loves getting married. This oh, And they also had a kid together. So the marriage, this marriage, also turbulent. Mailer once dangled her from her ankles from a second story window. And in his novel, An American Dream, he basically titles one of the characters the bitch and is it is meant to be a representation of his wife the the bitch is the wife in that book and it's supposedly genie i hate this person i know what a piece of shit she wrote in her unpublished memoirs that she and mailer fought so much that quote we could empty a room quicker than any couple in new york i bet you fucking could <laughs> i bet you fucking could we talked about that many times when you're over at somebody's house and it's like that tension city mm-hmm. and you're like Ugh. that couple's house where you're like um actually i think i need to go home and walk the dog <laughs> but, but you don't have a dog i do oh, know did I'm, i not tell I'm you dog sitting it's a whole thing we'll talk about it later <laughs> bye bye we would arrive at a party and even the hosts would put on their hats and coats and leave yeah, girl, I would stop inviting you over. I swear to God. The relationship did not last long either. As Norman, as we know, has a problem with fidelity. And by 1963, they were divorced as well. He had already been starting an affair with the actress Beverly Bentley. She found out about this affair and was like, we're done. And Beverly was like, here I come. Can't you just find somebody who's like super chill with also having an open relationship? Like, why do you keep like locking in wives who are not into it? Just stop right. it. Cause you know, you can't stay faithful unless that's the thing that you enjoy about it. I think it was just like less prevalent back in the, the yeah. I mean, day. It, it definitely like, was, but there were women who were okay with it. Like Marlene mm-hmm. Dietrich was like famously like what the fuck ever about that sort of thing. Like just yeah. be with people who don't care. I don't understand. <laughs> like, well, Beverly, his new wife, oh, because now on. they just got married. He divorces Jeannie and immediately marries Beverly. Beverly so and Norman much. have two sons, Stephen and Michael. Miller was now moving into film and he had cast Beverly. Beverly was an actress and she'd been linked with a lot of famous people as well. How many kids does he have now? So two, three, four, five kids now. Okay. Yes. Five? Five. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, he ends up with eight total, so... He's mm. somewhere in the mix there. There you go. Yeah. Um, Mailer has now um, they moved, they've moved into film. They're, he's casting Beverly into new projects. He uh, Three projects specifically. 
And actually one of the stories that is talked about pretty regularly is a movie that he filmed with Rip Torn. And in one of the scenes is they're supposed to be fighting and they continue to film while the scene turns from fighting for the scene to a real fucking fight. Rip Torn ends up hitting him over the head with a hammer. He bites Rip Torn's ear. It is like, I this guy this, likes to fight. Can we also, sorry, sidebar, have the conversation about like how much like male actors and directors get like get to do like they just people are just like yeah it's it's for the art i guess it's fine right. and i'm like do you know do you if can, like women on set were fighting like that do you know how oh quick God. their careers would be fucking destroyed right <laughs> like no you can still find this fight scene by the way it's if all you have to do is look up like literally just google this fight between mailer and therapy Dude, there's so much with this guy. I want you to know, like, I'm literally leaving so much out because I just want to get through the relationships. But there's a lot involved that he he's just so in depth. There's so many things. There's arguments on TV with like, you know, just prominent fights, his anti-feminism, his his misogyny. It's just it it goes on and on. But I want to really focus in on the relationships. So that's why we're kind of leaving some of the stuff out. By 1969, that's actually also when that film came out. He, this couple already is estranged. So they met, they were married in 1963. By 1969, the couple was estranged. Their divorce would finally happen, but they don't get divorced until September 24th in 1980. Oh, wow. Yeah. Eh. You know, you, eh, you get busy. Honestly, you get truly, tied up. yeah. Like, and he's done so many at this point. It's like, does it matter? Like, yeah. I don't know. He's, like, he has moved on though. Don't worry. Oh, I wasn't. No, okay, of course. <laughs> he uh, mailer during this time. Where was he? He's uh, living with jazz singer Carol Stevens. They had two daughters. Maggie was born in 1971. Um, uh, the the two would eventually marry. In 1980. So they, so what had happened? What happened was he left. They're no longer together. They kind of are trying to do a divorce, but nothing really moves forward. He's already with Carol. Uh, he and Carol end up having kid. Um, they don't have two daughters. I'm sorry. I read that and I'm like, that's not right. They have one daughter. Her name's Maggie. They're living together in sin <laughs> and just, you know, whatever, living their lives. But uh, by 1980, he actually wasn't with Carol anymore. This now he has now crossed into another relationship. All right, I'm I'm gonna need somebody to put me in charge of the pussy embargo from here on yeah. out because ladies, he no this this man should not be allowed access. Right. Maggie was born in 1971. Um, the two would eventually marry in 1980 when Maggie was nine years old. But he and Carol weren't together at the time. The couple only married. For one purpose only. And that is because he'd actually already met someone else. He'd now met another person, Norris, Norris Church, whom <laughs> they had a son together as well. Their son was born in 1978. So if that tells you anything, his son's too. And a lot he, of overlap. There's a lot of overlap. Very here. much a Venn diagram with the yes. large big, big middle part. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let me explain. 1971, Maggie's born. He ends up meeting Norris in 1975. So they were together for a few years. The overlap happens. 
He's still actually technically married to Beverly at this time until 1980. Mm -hmm. He decides to get divorced, not because he wants to be with Carol, but because he wants to be with Norris. But Carol and he have a daughter, so he wants to legitimize their daughter by having been married to his mother. So the daughter don't care. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, daughter doesn't give a fuck. Don't do it. He and Carol go to Haiti. Haiti? Wow. Haiti get married for one fucking day. They literally get married on the 7th and are divorced on the 8th. I cannot imagine a circumstance in which that daughter gives a fuck about that. Well, I don't know if it has anything to do with, you know, the inheritance or something legalities and things like that. I don't know, but basically there was something that he felt he needed to do to to legitimize her birth and him as her father. So they did it. They both amicably went to Haiti, got married for one day, got a divorce the very next day. And then he comes home and a month later marries Norris. Norris church is now his sixth wife. I need people to stop marrying this man. He seems terrible. (laughs) He ends up marrying Norris. Norris is a um, bit of a beauty queen. She is um, she is from Arkansas. Norris Church was born Barbara Jean Davis. Uh, she changed her name to Norris? Yes. Okay. I'll tell you all about <laughs> Didn't it. Didn't expect that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Um, she had actually had a brief fling with Bill Clinton um, before meeting Mailer. They had met by through mutual friends at a book signing party that Mailer was at, she had actually gotten a copy of Marilyn Monroe, the book that Mailer had written about Marilyn Monroe, which I'm sure is not good. Um, and in fact, was kind of like, she was like, ah, uh, she had signed up for like a book club, book of the month kind of thing that he, she was like, showed up and she was like, I wasn't going to keep it. But then I found out he was going to be at a friend's party doing a book signing. So I t- took it with me and I thought, oh, what the heck? I'll just have him sign it. I have it and I'll meet him or whatever. She does meet him and they... They end up falling for each other very quickly. She's married at the time. Um, and her husband at the time's last name is Morris. They have a child together. He, She ends up moving her son with him back to Brooklyn. So she's like, deuces him out. When they move to Brooklyn, he's like, you should be a model. You're gorgeous. And so she starts modeling and he's like, you should use the name Norris Church. He gives her that name because Norris was her husband's ex ex-husband's last name uh, how fucking weird is that that's totally right rose church What's wrong with you church because apparently she was part of a very christian I church growing i hate up. this person we look <laughs> we have to stop this stop stop fucking men like this we have to stop stop it their their relationship it's so funny because she was like i you know i she kind of had said that she'd always thought that she would be the one he would never cheat on. Well, he does. Why would you think that? How, yeah. Why would you think yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. Why would I you guess because he's one? old by then. Don't change They don't them. care. They don't change. These nope. men don't care. Like a man like this does not give a fuck that he is too old and not as good looking as you. Like he doesn't care. Don't. Nope. Yeah, it's because that's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. Yeah. No. And anyway, they are married in 1980. They do end up staying married for 25 years. He does seem to have found the woman who doesn't care quite as much. Um, Because in the end, their their relationship is riddled with just plenty of infidelity. infidelity. But and too, like he actually had a a mistress that he had. Somebody said this. He's had a mistress for like 65 years. Or is some he still nonsense. Alive? No, he died in oh. 2007. But like, just imagine. Like, well, was she also 
cheating? She, she never, they, oh, the the wife, Norris. Yeah. They do not say that she was. And I don't, I couldn't find any, anything to say that she had. Bummer for her. But yeah, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> wish just, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, wish you were, wish you were on that train too. But they ended up staying together. Like I said, 25 years together. That's the longest relationship he'd had. But yeah, he's a garbage man, uh, a garbage human being um, and had no respect for women. And funny enough, like, you know, in his life, you know, on upon reflection later in life, he was like, you know, I was raised by a really strong woman and had an amazing sister. He's like, and kind of, I think, I don't want to say regrets because I won't speak for him in that way. And I can't say, and he never said the words, I regret mm, how I was. I bet he did. But, but very much, I think in his later life, he, upon reflection was like, that was a little silly. Like I said some real dumb oh, shit. A little silly. I stabbed <laughs> a woman in the heart. It was a little silly. Yeah. <laughs> that, the saddest part of Adele's story, the one who was stabbed, is that she was an artist, um, but basically ended up living in practical poverty for the rest of her life. While Norman Mailer ended up just raking in cash upon yeah. cash. I hate it. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. It's none of it's good. None of it's good. Yeah, eight, eight children, bikes. six six wives, and eight children later. And then his grandson took a girl to Guitar Center. <laughs> Thirty years later, yep. <laughs> and that's what we call full circle. Yeah. <laughs> wow, wow. Oh, that would no, be right. Lord. That's a good one. Jeez. Good one. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I and listen, not that I, I. If anything, I'm opposed to doing a traditional tainted love, but I just thought, gosh, this guy is wow. I know it's, I mean, it's a good warning to look out. I mean, that's the, why the whole saying is out there like, how you got him is how you'll lose him. No, that's true. And it's definitely true. Um, and then, yeah, I've, I mean, I know we went through it when I moved in with Eric really fast, you know. It, it really is but you didn't marry him really fast no i did not you didn't. no and i and i wouldn't we'll take her time it's very easy to get out of a lease yeah you know you As, yeah deal yeah. with that it's much different. easier to move. it's different yeah yeah you know but i mean i'm just look i i didn't say that to be like i'm opposed to marriage all i'm saying is that like if you know you're not the marrying kind like if you yeah, know you that you are be. with women who aren't going to be happy with you seeing other people you don't have to marry it's, them. It's Just not don't about, do it. It's not about their happiness. Like, yeah. I don't think like any of his brain power goes to a woman's happiness no. at all. None. Kept, <laughs> Zero. But he could have kept doing what he was doing, not being married. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. if you want to keep doing what you're doing, you don't have to get married to anybody. What, what is the obsession? And I understand that so much of it was just part of cu the culture at the time right. was that's just what you did. But like... Sure. Man, you're already doing so many things that are counter culture. Just don't. Yeah. How about yeah. you? Just, how about how about no? Uh, no? How about take a pause? I actually think like Carol Stevens of all of them was the one who probably just didn't could have probably been the one that cared the least in the end because I think that like again they only ended up getting married because of her daughter, her daughter legitimacy and you know, all all that. But you know things are different back then. Maybe I don't know. Stop kids with trash men too. <laughs> look i know sometimes it just happens i get yeah, it like, exactly. i'm not especially these days but um mm. i am saying like man this man had a reputation by the end like mm -hmm. you can't change him sis nope mm -mm. never you can't do. fix him walk away what are you guys watching this week so i read if we were villains which i really loved so i have 
I'm, I don't think I'm a harsh rater when it comes to books. I think you are. A little um, bit. I'm, I'm more, I'm harsher than Cassie. It true. Um, but I'm, I'm the harshest. You're probably yeah. the harshest, but <laughs> I, I'm that super soft bed in the, <laughs> yeah, I usually, I usually don't give, I've only read two books this year that I gave below a three. So I read like, um, catching the rye was a two for me. <laughs> then I read another book called the good girl by an author. I thought I liked, and it was like a two and a half. It was not, good for me but everything else i tend to be in like the three three and a half to four range right um but i i don't give a lot of five stars out right but i really enjoyed five starred that i loved if we were villains i really liked it if you like the dark academia kind of um style of book Mm -hmm. it's often compared to the secret history by donna tart which is also really good but that one deals with like greek students and this one dealt with shakespeare students and i think that my like theater heart just prefers it um so i really enjoyed that read yeah i'm i you yeah the last book you recommended to me fire so i was like i actually have been just on a real kick of like listening to books lately yeah, so i love listening to uh, audiobooks yeah again it's it's something that i can can seem to kind of work and do like some of the work that i do i can listen to books so mm-hmm. um it's been kind of my journey the past like week so i actually just started a book um that's one in a series i am following the book list that we talked about yeah, because yeah. i'm like oh it, it, what what has done has helped me kind of file yeah like oh I, I it's found good books for me like oh I didn't think about reading in that genre so yeah. I was looking specifically for a YA book because it's one of the things yeah and I found the series and the first of the book is called the inheritance game oh I've heard good things I've heard good things it's actually really good okay. it's actually what I will tell you have you ever listened to a book sometimes you're like I would probably have enjoyed reading that more. yes that's yes. how I feel about this so far and and it's good I will continue to listen to it I will listen to it to the end but it is one of those books that I'm like, I feel like I could probably v- revisit it later. Well, maybe the next, maybe the next in the series, you can maybe. actually get it and read it. Yeah. You know, that might, yeah, be good for you. Yeah. So. Well, when and this comes out on the third, it will mean that I only have to wait 48 more hours or a little <laughs> bit less to watch something that I've been waiting yeah. since I was 13. I know. To see. Yeah. Uh, the Sandman is going to be on Netflix. I have, uh, I read the series once every like year and a half, uh, and have since I was a little girl. I'm very, very excited about it. So, uh, this week I've just, uh, gone through watching the trailer, watching different people react to the trailer, (laughs) um, reading what people have written about the trailer. Watching the trailer with us as we did on our break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just... That has literally consumed all my life and I, I really can't wait. So I feel like um, we should have like a full on watch party. Well, oh you know what? God. I don't think we can because no. I think Christina needs to be alone. Yes. At least for the first I, episode. I actually you told know? Eric, I said, because he's like, I'll watch it with you. And I'm like, yes. Only if you do not talk. And I was like, Keep what we're going to do shut. is we're going to watch an episode and then we're going to, to pause before it goes to the next episode and then we'll discuss what we've watched. <laughs> oh. and then I love it the that you, you should have oh discussion questions. <laughs> oh my fact, God. Wait. Please get out a whiteboard. <laughs> Here's like, next fucking podcast right here oh my god oh my so god I, I literally god. i was like i can't record it i can't just binge it i have to like absorb it. absorb it i might need to like think about maybe i need to watch it again the episode or whatever but i'm like <laughs> we're gonna go into this very 
fucking love it. I really it. want you to record yourself. Going <laughs> I mean, I actually kind of do. I think I that do. it would be even if it was literally just twenty minutes of you being like, "Okay, let's discuss." Everybody, welcome to the discussion table. <laughs> How do you feel about you what feel? we just watched? <laughs> wow. And wow. I'm sure he'll have questions because he he's not as involved yeah, in the world. Yeah, he, he has things no no experience. You know with what? It. I'm. I really do. I think it's a it's a million dollar idea <laughs> yeah. because there are going to be people who are exposed to Sandman for the first time, and they're going to need some someone with expertise yeah. Yeah. to break yeah. down what they just watched. Oh, I, I'm I think so stoked. The so. lifetime fan and the <laughs> and the boyfriend and, and the boyfriend who's yeah. doing it because he I'm I, doing this because I care about you. He cares about me very deeply. <laughs> it is a great time to be a high fantasy nerd though because yes. you've got Rings of Power and yes. the House of the, House of the Dragon. Dragon the same mm-hmm. month. So mm-hmm. Wait, is that the Dungeons of Dragon one? No, no House oh. of the Dragon is the prequel to Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Okay. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to remember which was which. Um, Dungeons and Dragons one though is getting some pretty they had like a whole setup there at the at Comic Con. Fantasy like, is very mainstream right now. Like there's hitting. so many YA fantasy novels, and I think that that has really like spurred on nerdy, this like nerdy girl fall yes. guys oh, oh i am in let's I am go so in. oh my god i just want to yes i want socks to my knees yes sweaters big Whoa. big sweaters i predict goth coming back i do too i'm i really I do, do too, i wore like, black lipstick to the bell and sebastian concert i'm ready yep i think casually wearing black lipstick out play for. in yep. public is goth goth girl for fall. let's go <laughs> i'm fucking in dude let's go can we oh Never mind. I won't say that. I'll save that for when we're off mic. It's very mysterious. It has Ooh. to do with something very exciting that we're going to oh, bring oh, up. At this point? Yes, 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 can, yes. I don't know. I don't yet. think so. Don't Not yet. All Not right, yet. Right. We will for the next episode. We will definitely make an announcement. So, yes, you'll definitely want to tune in uh, for next week when we have a lot of great stuff to share with you. But if you want to reach out to us in the meantime, if you got bad date stories, if you want to talk about Sandman, uh, go to our one-stop shop of a website. It's myworstdatepodcast.com. And we love you so much. Cheers. Cheers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.